Scruffy Audio Network. Thanks, program director. Those slaps are getting a little bit more energetic each time. I know it's a Friday. We've been doing it all day today, but... Well, we've been doing the podcast all day. Hey, I'm here with one of the best guys that has come to this wood gym and has lived with me. He's like a damn son to me. His name's CJ Prosai. CJ, what up? How we doing? How we doing? Is this your first time on on a uh, microphone? Uh, yes, once. I've probably second time. I second, think. Time. second time. It's cool, isn't it? It's now, this is, you know, yeah. this is YouTube, and, and you, so you got listeners and viewers. Yeah. So, and you're looking fly with the, Always. the patent CJ headband. All right. Uh, CJ is a uh, wood gym guy. He's a, he's a type A personality type dude. And that's what we have here. That's the theme of the podcast that I've started, um, what, 21 episodes ago of all the guys are all driven, type A personalities. This guy comes a, comes from Seattle to come train. Um, he's been loyal as hell to me, I think, for what, seven years? Seven years now, yeah. I mean, that's amazing, bro. I mean, just amazing. And uh, he always shows me love. I mean, he does all different types of things, you know, all different types of training, but he always always shows the wood gym and the Patron Casa some love. So much respect to that, and I love you for that. I really do it, and it really feels comfortable, and I'm so glad we got to do this. We didn't get to do it last time because you had to catch that flight. Yeah, we couldn't right. do it. Sat- well, it was messed up. My program director, it was a little, squang- you know, on the computer deal or whatever that was, but CJ was in a rush. He had to get home and pack so we couldn't be able to get that one in. Yeah. So um, you made yourself to the wood gym. You're here this week doing some serious training. It's a big year for you. It's his fourth year with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I always open up the question. I don't know if you've ever heard any of my podcasts. I'm going to go with a hard no. <laughs> when did you know that you were different? When did you know that you were different? When did I know I was different? Now, not different yeah. as in like, you know, your hair, yeah. your good looks, no. whatever. You, you know, you're a running back in the NFL. And as you know, being through the wood gym, you see a lot of cats trying to make it and they don't make it. And you yeah. see a lot of cats make it, but you made it. You're balling. When did you know you're different? Uh, You know, even I think when I was four years old, uh, I was... That was the first time I started playing football, and that was the first time I touched a football field. So, you know, I always, my dream was always playing NFL. That was my first dream. That was my lifelong dream. And that dream didn't really come to fruition until I maybe got to middle school when I'm, I was playing basketball, basically. I'm playing basketball, and I'm dominating playing basketball, putting up 40 points a game and on JV basketball, like something. And that was like, I'm different. That was really when I was like, you know, I'm different and I feel like my mindset is different than anybody else's mindset. And I feel like I'm not, whatever it is I want to do, I'm not going to let anything else stop me. So I didn't know at that point, you know, maybe football, NFL, NBA was the same at the same level. But at that point, I knew I was different. I knew I could do, I can be a different type of athlete, a different type of person. And I could, you know, I could change, I could change the way I I was brought up, I guess, and, you know, where I came from. All right. So you played basketball. So I'm taking in, – in, in, you played both sports. You played multi-sports in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. So, again, that theory holds true, program director, to be an athlete and, and to act like an athlete, move like an athlete. 
playing more than one sport. I think they did a stat, what, was 89% of the draft played more than one sport. Mm-hmm. Fine. In this business, I'm finding where everybody starts a pigeonhole after, you know, middle school going into high school and talking about, oh, I got to, you know, hone in on my one sport, yeah. my one sport, my one sport. And from Pennington to Helton to Harrison to you, to Luke Hochaver, to all the guys that have been on this damn show, J.P. Aaron Sebia, J.P. Smith, they all are playing more than one sport. And, yeah. and how do you think that helps an athlete? Uh, I mean, you know, it just makes you so much more versatile. I mean, even my in middle school, like I said, I was playing basketball. I, I went to a small basketball school. We had no football team. So I had to I had to play soccer and baseball, two sports I never played. And, you know, I... And those two years of playing soccer might have, you know, taught me some things that I might have never even learned playing football. Just, you know, just as far as, you know, spacing wise and just just fundamental things about, you know, feet, footwork and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. so and then I got back to maybe, maybe a better basketball player. And then once I got to high school, maybe a better football player. So is that where you get those gorgeous rock hard calves from from the soccer and and you know because i find a lot of the kids that move really well in another sport had some type of soccer background i mean i think when i was i mean i was younger where you get your calves from a lot of calf raises i used to do a a thousand a day when i was younger and it just kind of so you were self-motivated at a young age and i had i mean my big brother was very behind my a lot of my you know, motivation. He was, you know, it would be, he would push, we would be at the gym all night. He would push me, we would be at the gym till like 12 hours. Mom, my mom's calling me, like, where y'all at? Like, we're just, we're at the, we're at the gym playing basketball, mom. We good. We like, we would be, we'll be home in a little bit. Like, and that Siblings. was just, that, yeah, and that was mm-hmm. just our, that was just my childhood. You know, that was just, the norm, that was just normal for me. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was just normal for me. It was just, oh, you know, for, to just be out, like, you know, I was never really the one to go out, you know. I had friends, we, I used to go, you know, be out, be out with my friends, but when it was time, and I always, always loved working out and just playing sports. So. so when did you know that you were different at the high school level to start getting recruited? And when did you start making your decision of the schools? And then how did you pick the mm-hmm. school that you played? Uh, so I guess the first, so starting off, uh, my sophomore year, I was playing receiver. My, this is my first year on varsity, uh, football. Can you hear me enough? Go fist uh, away to that thing. There you go. Perfect. And then, uh, Perfect. there we go. Uh, so I was, so I was, uh, I was starting, I was starting on varsity basketball already on freshman year. So I was already playing there, but, uh, so I was just starting, I had just started playing varsity football my sophomore year, playing receiver, getting a little play time a little bit here and there. Uh, I was playing well, not, you know, okay here and there. And then we they put me at safety one game, I think maybe like halfway through the season. Uh, my first play of safety, I broke on a ball, got a pick my first play of safety, and then like I got a tackle like the one-yard line. Um, and that was when, that was literally, and then I think four plays later I got another pick. And that was when I think everybody just looked at me and they were like, yeah, he's – He's different. He's different. And, He's different. you know, at, the, at this point, like, everybody thought, you know, basketball was, I was a basketball guy. I was going to be, you know, a basketball guy. Then all of a sudden, like, it's like, uh, never mind. I think, I think he's, I think football is going to be But you played basketball way. through high school. Yeah, I played basketball until my senior year. Until okay. senior year, I stopped. So I got to the point where it was just, you know, we had, 
my parents and my parents and I thought it was best best for me to just you know kind of get it get to be done with it. Uh, uh, the, you know we had problems with the coaches and got stuff it. But like you that. probably yeah. still yeah. played if it was yeah. normal. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I see a lot of the guys that really doesn't affect them. I mean, an athlete's an athlete. Yeah. And, you know, even in the training business, I have parents come yeah. up all the time when the off season is and goes, hey, should, you know, if it's a football player, should he play uh, basketball or run track yeah, or just, do more days with you? Yeah. And I always say, pick the sport and have fun. Yeah, I just did, I just did track for two seasons and I loved, I mean, it was a blast, you know. What did you do in track? <sighs> Everything. You that guy. Yeah, so indoor you know, I did the 55, 200, 4 by 2 long jump, triple high. Uh, and then outdoors, the 100, 200, 4 by one 400 sometimes, uh, long jump. Didn't do the triple out, outdoor and high. So you're on that journey of I'm feeling a little bit different than everybody. You know, um, it's coming easy to me. When did you have to put in the work, or was it after college that you figured out everybody's CJ Pro size? Uh, you know, I always, always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. I always felt like I was behind. I always felt like I was never, you know, I guess the guy that was, you know, that was. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but like that if was. This cat had a chip on his shoulder, as talented as he is. I almost had a boulder <laughs> on my shoulder because you're a talented dude. And chips usually come with guys that are like overlooked, a little undersized, a little too slow, a little too weak. What made What makes you think you had a chip, or is that just a mental edge that you have? I think that's just a mental edge I have. You know, I, you know, I never. And like, like I, like, like, like I said, everything was easy like, for me in high school. It was everything was very easy, but I never took it for granted. I always. You always didn't, work. You didn't act like you were entitled out there. No, like it. it this should be happening. No, I was. I like that. Every time you know what I'm you know, talking about. Every time yeah. I touched the field, it was like you know I got to work for this, and you know I can. This can be taken away from me, and the next guy is, is better than me. You know, I mean, not better than me, but the next guy is. They think that he's better than me. But CJ, I, I everybody that. thinks that same way. I yeah. mean, all my best ones. Always, I mean, you've watched, you've watched them. You've seen them in here for the last eight years that you've been coming through here. And Harrison's eight-year career mm-hmm. career is every high school kid always asks, "Who's the guy out there working so hard?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's just trying to make a team." And yeah, that's how every all the great ones are always self-doubting themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen, and you know, Chad. I mean, you get in into, into uh, the car with him after a Sunday night game, leave Giant Stadium. He'd throw over 300 yards, you know, three touchdown passes, and he would always, always go, do you see me miss that 10-yard out? Yeah. Todd Helton, leave the ballpark, not a stadium, ballpark. And he would go three for four and talk about the one strikeout. He, he, he you know, watched the curve go by or the fastball. It, it, it's amazing how the best ones talk about what they did wrong because they have so much self-confidence. So the chip, the chip isn't – a sign of insecurity, right? It's hmm. just a chip of. It's just a chip of you know. I just I know I can never stop working. I know I can never give up what I have, and you know, you know, I know I do know I'm talented. I do know I'm athletic, and you know, from where I am, I know I'm a different athlete. That you know is probably not going to come around from for another a long time. So I just I don't I don't take that for granted, and I just know that I'm not going to let 
that slip away, and I'm going to keep working there. And, and and you are, I mean, you have all the attributes. You get through a couple of these injuries, CJ. I mean, you should set you really set yourself up. I know we haven't had any time to be alone and talk about mm-hmm. some things, but I mean, there's no reason you can't play six or seven more years because the body's healthy. But you have all the tangibles. I was talking about that this morning with Dr. James Chu. The, the, he was my first podcast guy. You know Chu. He's yeah. climbed all the seven peaks. He's a beast. He's He goes, how do you see things so soon on people that they don't see yet? And you have all those intangibles of, of actually understanding. I mean, look what you do every offseason. You still come visit the Wood Gym. You still do other things. Mm-hmm. Now, the guys that don't, after they make it and don't visit the Wood Gym, they always have the poorest year the next year, whether it's injury or they don't get their playing time or the release. Mm-hmm. It's not even the wood gym if they don't stay with the the formula that has gotten them there. What makes you what makes you fly across the country to come to Knoxville, Tennessee, and train? Uh, I mean, and I, I'm not stroking me. Yeah. Just what makes you? No, I mean you know, just I know every time I come here is it's. It works for me, and it I get a lot better, you know. And I can always say that every time I go back, wherever I'm, I come from, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm working out at, where I go. It's like I feel 15, 20 times better than when I came here. And there's, I mean, and and for for I mean, that's the reason, you know, I I work out here. But then, you know, of course, you know, like coming here for you know for you, you know, you you like a, you know basically like a father to me, you know, like a father figure to me, you know, we. We've we've been through a lot, you know. I've been coming here seven years. We didn't seen a lot. Uh, I didn't basically seen your I've seen your daughters grow up, and it's you know literally I mean like family to me. So you know that's that's another big reason. But you know like, like I said, you know just the, every time I come here, it's like I I'm like I can always say like every day I'm like I call my mom like I'm sore. My she's like you sore again every time you go there you sore. I'm like yep. that's what I guess is I'm doing something right. So. Every time I come here, I get better, and you know I trust the, I trust the process, I trust the formula that you that you 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 given me, and I'll just keep keep following it. So that's something that, again, you know, does that come from your your product of your environment, your family, of uh, or is it just you uh, seeking to always get better? You know, always moving the goalposts. You know, never surrender, never satisfied. Does that come from? I know the chip on your shoulder, but does is like you said, that's your formula of now you're, as you would say, you're your own property. You're yeah. your own corporation. You're your own business. If your mind's not right and your health's not right, and even your spiritual walk isn't right, you're going to be off and there's somebody mm-hmm. else coming for you. You know, how, how do you always put that together? Uh, you know, I think, you know, just well, I think watching my parents grind. So when I was younger and just seeing them do do so much for me when I was younger just made me want to you know it showed me what you know showed me how to how like how to work and it, but it also showed me I want you know how much more I want for them and also for me and and so you know just for our family in general so you know that's just I think that's for, for me that's my my parents is just so much of an influence on me how much they just they just showed me the path and I just followed it followed every way and and you chose I'm, I'm sure you were highly recruited at a high mm-hmm. school right what were yeah. your top three schools uh Coming out, so Notre Dame, of course, number one. But uh, that's where he played. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, the number two was probably, I want to say UNC. Oh, I like UNC. UNC too. was probably the, number I love two. Colors. And then uh, number three. Let's see. 
Virginia Tech, EVA, probably. Okay. Probably right. those two. Well, because you're from <laughs> yeah, Virginia, Virginia, you went yeah. to the uh, the private school Woodbury. Uh, Woodbury Forest, and it right. was thir- thirty Forest. minutes away from UVA, so it was you know UVA was. I didn't at, know it was that close. It was at that UVA was they had somebody at my school every week. Maybe. Who was the head coach then? Uh, Mike London. Got it. He yep. was yeah. So they had somebody at my school every week. They were. They were coming after me, for sure. they and they wanted me running backs coming out, bro. And they wanted, well, they wanted me a receiver. You know, some a lot of schools wanted me a receiver or safety, and that's where I got recruited at receivers, uh, safety. But a lot of schools wanted me a receiver, and you know, I was like, no, I'm not playing receiver. I'm playing safety. And so when you chose Notre Dame, what position? They wanted me a safety until I got to camp, and then they moved me to well. So you recruited Notre Dame for safety? Yeah, and I basically played safety for two months, and then. <laughs> Got moved to wide receiver. Wide receiver, yeah. And then your junior year—that was your junior year that you went to running back. Uh, senior, senior, senior year, redshirt, redshirt junior. Yeah, year. Notre Dame does it different, right? Redshirt junior. Year, and then yeah. you played, and you had a hell of a six games. I mean, you're yeah. a Heisman Trophy candidate, right? Yeah. And then you blew sure. your ankle out. Then yeah, I got a bad ankle sprain and couldn't. Return for us this season, basically. And then, well, how did you know? Did you know when you got to college? Okay, I could compete. And then when did you know? Wait a minute, I might have a shot in the NFL. Well, it really, wasn't until those six games. You know, those. Uh, I, I mean, you know, my junior sophomore year. You know, I got out there playing a little bit. Uh, junior year started getting some. You know, I was on special teams. I was like one special teams player of the year. Uh, we got a lot of you know got like five hundred yards receiving something like that. So that's when I was like, you know, I can I can play the next level. You know, I can definitely play the next level. I didn't know if I was going to be drafted. You know, I knew I was going to, you know, maybe have a shot, you know, a shot working out with a team or something. And then next year, you know, I got moved to running back. And then all of a sudden, you know, things just like kind of went crazy. You blew up. Yeah. I mean, Everybody in the wood gym is like, is that the same guy I was training with? Like he just yeah went I mean, for this touchdown, that touchdown. And it was just, it was, was, I mean, honestly, for me, I didn't even know what was going on. You know, it was just, I was just playing and they were just, you know, I mean, it it was just surreal to me because, you know, I'm, this is my first time playing, really playing running back. And I mean, I played it when I was in Little League, but you really haven't played it since I was, you know, 12 years old. Right. So I'm just, now I'm playing running back and, you know, I'm scoring all these touchdowns, doing all this stuff. And it's just like surreal to me. And then, that was when I was like, "Wow, I, I can." Even my, my first start was, I was like, "I'm a, I'm a playing NFL at running back," and I I just knew it right then. At at UVA in Virginia, playing in front of my family, I was like, "Wow, I'm about to play in the NFL." Yeah, I mean, he he had some amazing runs, and I just text him going Patron bands because that's <laughs> when he ran a lot with the Patron bands. He's like, yeah. "You know it." I mean, we didn't even keep it wasn't long dialogues at all. I knew you were in the heat of the yeah. season, and and stuff was coming out of him so fast. He didn't need to hear much. Just uh, how everything looked. I mean, he looked pretty running, too. And he'd catch something out. You could tell he was a receiver because, I mean, everything he was catching was nice. It wasn't like a a normal running back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then so then that journey leads you to, okay, hey, we're going to combine train. We did some of that. And then you get drafted. And then, you know, even your rookie year, you were playing. Yeah. And, you know, just playing – don't have actually having a great rookie year. Uh, had a big game against the Patriots. Uh, big run against the Eagles, and then that's on know. the wall. That's oh, yeah. the one on the wall. That was what 
72? Yeah, that's I say 72. I always get it mixed up from 52 to 72. That was yeah. 72, and he was gone. Yeah, 72. I mean, that was big. And that's a big boy running. Yeah. <laughs> what are you weighing? What, what, what's your playing weight? Uh, I'm going to be around 229. Woo! That's big, 6'2", 229. Yeah. With great calves. <laughs> yeah. Great calves. No, he really does have good calves. <laughs> The calf raises. Yeah, the cat all the calf The calf raises, raises I'm oh, telling that's you. That's it. That's flying by. So, yeah. you know, I, I always like to get in the mental psyche. So how yeah. how do you still keep motivated? You know, you're going this is your fourth year, mm-hmm. everybody says contract year. I mean, are you nervous going into the next year or you feel okay? Or, you know, you just can't worry about that, you know, focus on what you could do and can c- control. You know, for me it's always been you know, I for me, I think uh, football has been always been just fun for me, and I've always enjoyed playing football. And I don't want to, I never, I never, I don't want to lose that. And you know, I think maybe these last couple years, I have been, you know, pressing. I definitely been pressing myself, trying to, you know, get back to, you know, trying to get back to this, you know, the CJ that I've, I've been missing. But you know, I, he's he's never gone anywhere, and. You know, I, I just want to get back to being f- football being fun for me because I think for the last couple of years it really hasn't been. And you know, my rookie, my rookie year, and even my second, my second year, I was enjoying football. I was loving it. You know, injuries happened, and I saw I couldn't really enjoy it as much. But now, you know, it's just now that I'm feeling healthy, I'm feeling better than I ever have. I just want to, you know, get back to enjoying football and just having fun with it. And you know, whatever, everything else is gonna work itself out. I'm not worried about contract year. You know, it is what it is. You know. I'm going to go out there and play, have fun. And as long as I'm out there playing, and as long as I'm out there having playing, having fun, everything else is going to work itself out. And I know that because I know the type of player I am. Well, and, and that's, you know, we've talked about this, again, with every person we've sat down is and coaches. We've had coaches on here also is like having fun is the name of the game. And, and people think if you're having fun, then you're not serious. But fun and serious actually mm-hmm. could work both ways if you really are enjoying what you're doing and like wake up every day and know that it's a blessing and i mean i think one of the reasons you do come here is like the italian guys always having fun on the floor you know what i'm saying it's always it's always fun you know i think that's a lost art and we talk about that is is when you go to these high school games of whatever sport and you see everybody they still look so tight and miserable. It's like, and, and they're also afraid to fail or make a mistake. Yeah. Where do you think all that comes from? Uh, I mean, it's just a lot of pressure put on them. You know, I think. You think social media. I mean, definitely like, social media. I mean, it's hard. Everybody wants to be that. Look you know, at me. That, you know, that everybody wants to be that in that Instagram star, that's that Twitter star, whatever you want to call it. And they just want to, you know, they want them. They want to get have all the followers and this and that. And they see somebody else with it and they want to have that. So they, they feel all this pressure on them. And then I feel like. You know, even for like high school kids, you know, they want to be, they want to have all these stars. They want to go to these camps, have these stars, have all the offers, and really just, I mean, instead you just just go out there and play, have fun, and and do you, you know, what I mean, and, and play your best. And really, that's just go out there and play your best and have fun, and you everything else is gonna work itself out. And and I know you do those those camps. You know, you have a great CJ Pro Size camp. Is that some of the stuff you preach to the kids? Because you know, I know that with the baseball and the football. Mm-hmm. It's camp over camp over camp over forty over short shuttle over like you said the the stars three stars four stars. How much do you think that weighs in somebody getting a scholarship? I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, of course, those recruiting sites they're going to put the five stars and stuff up there, and those guys going to have the hundred offers and all whatever it is. 
But I mean, really, you know, like the guys, like I was a myself, I was a three star. So you know, whatever you know, and I went to Notre Dame, and I ended up being a third round draft pick. So you know, it's not the stars in the end really don't matter. You know, it just however you just go, you just go play. If somebody likes you, they like you, like they like you. I mean, that's and that's what I like to tell guys a lot too. You know, especially in recruiting wise, like go to a, go to the school you know you, that you really like, the school. And they where they really like you at, you know, because then that's where you're gonna you know get, get your best shot. You know, that's what I I read in one of the books. One of the books that I read was talking about make sure you like the school, not just the football program, because yeah. things could go wrong. Yeah, you know, injuries or whatever. So you got to like where you are. Is that, is, would you say that holds true? Oh no, for sure. I mean, you know, you never know because I mean, you go to a school where you know things are going good one year, the next year it's not going well, and then they can fire the whole staff, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you got a whole different staff who might not even want you to be, be playing for them, you know? So you you have, you have no idea. So you better like the school. Yeah, you better like the school. Yeah. Well, that's why I like the pros, like a CJ in here, just to talk to all these kids. I mean, it's a very unique setting that we have of, of the high school kids that still, I mean, hell, you get to live with CJ Procise. The high school kids last summer came yeah. in and we're living with you and Calvin Pryor and Cam and Josh Dobbs and, mm-hmm. Josh Malone, I mean, where else can you get that type of uh, influence? You know, that type of, even if it's five, ten minutes to these kids, the, the way they uh, respect and look up to you and men, and then still work together. Yeah. You know, you, I, I say when you start training together, when you start sweating with somebody, you know that being a brotherhood of football, it really, because it, you really could tell somebody's character, mm-hmm. how they train and, and what they're doing in their training session. I mean, uh, 100%. Yeah. Don't you think? No, for sure. Yeah, well, you can definitely when you when you're really sweating with somebody, working out with somebody, you really you know you really feel that person. You really get you know you really get to understand that person a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I, I think you really make it make a big impact with all these kids of what you do, and I love that you're doing those camps and I follow those things. Those are so awesome. Um, so we have this week, and then you know we haven't even had a chance to talk. Maybe that's why it's so good to do the podcast because you just talk about things you don't get to talk because right. you know at dinner we have so many people around us you know and and uh you know we're feeling everybody else's vibe and then you know we go so hard through the day like you said um we never you know we pass each other sometimes sometimes we ride in together and what it would be your next step after here like you know because yeah, it's a big year, not a big year, but like we both know, because you know, a part of me is with you on the field, mm-hmm. just like when I talk to the MMA fighters when they go in the ring, that whole facility is in there with them. Is I want you to be the best you could be. I want you to have your happy, your yeah. dream, you know. And I think that's a good thing about the Wood Gym and seeing me is when you say, uh, "I've been doing it twenty eight years. I didn't have a plan B. Got out of college, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm doing this for a living. Nobody believed I would do it. I'm living my dream of what I started. So yeah. you're really with a genuine person. When I'm like, I want you to live your dream. I want you to get everything you wanted to get, or whatever the God, God blesses you to get. But go get that now. From here, it's just us talking. I know yeah. people are listening and watching, but what does this year? look like i mean it's a and it's okay to go hey it's a huge year you know it's like i i gotta i this is this is what i was one of the many reasons i was put on this earth but to ball out so 
I could affect kids and and give back to the communities and make an impact on other people coming up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's definitely important year. I mean, I mean, I'm just excited for it. you seem like you're in a great space. Yeah, you really do. I mean, walking around the house, maybe, maybe, uh, you know me. We've been around. Maybe I'm in a better space. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody's in. I mean, I'm always putting it on for everybody for sure. I, I never not deliver when yeah. it comes to work, but we seem so uh, positive. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, we want hurts, we want negatives, but it's still like we're we're moving around the house and we're getting it going, and it's so. It's it's so easy with you. I mean, mm-hmm. when you when you come in, it's like you're not even. It, it's so easy because you're such a professional, you know. And I want it to work out for you. I want you to have the best career you could have. Yeah. Where do you go the next months? Because now you have what four or five weeks. Yeah, four uh, about uh, four weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, after here, go back to go back home. Have my have my actually my my be precise little summer camp. Uh, yeah. Back in at home, and then uh, from there go back to Seattle, and I'm back. You know, kind of right back to it, and then right back on. Yeah, right back on it. But uh, I mean, really, just you know, I, the I think the most important part for me is staying on schedule, uh, staying up with all of my maintenance, body maintenance, uh, uh, everything I have going on. You know, massages, massages, chiropractor, acupuncture, all that stuff, Everybody. type stuff, yoga, and that that's the guy, that's gonna be the most important part because, and and that and sleep as well because you know just getting all, make sure I get in my sleep. That's why I like to be in bed around ten o'clock every night. Yeah, he really. Just, you have been doing that, bro. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been like, no, there's no couch time. You yeah. know, we used to sit on the couch. There's no couch time. It's like, hey, I'm going. I guess he's going, or vice versa. The one thing I do always check, all the years you've been coming. This is a little insider for everybody out there listening or watching. It's not bad. It's it's not going to embarrass you at all. It's good. The one thing that I always loved about CJ Procise, and I swear he's his sophomore junior year, he spelt his last name a different way, but he says he did. I think he switched it up on me, and I don't know. Or, or I had one too many red wines. I always go in his room. He's got the bottom downstairs room in my house. Okay, now this is good. It's not bad. It's it's you know nothing against him. It's actually a very positive thing. CJ has one room. I don't think he's ever been in another room in the house. Yeah. Downstairs, right next to me. It's a beautiful room. It has two different doors. It's like a guest quarters. It closes off. I mean, it's it's a it's 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 a hut. It's a studio apartment, basically. <laughs> I always walk in his room. Every time he's here, he probably doesn't even know it. I just open up the door. I never, you know, probably even touch the carpet on the floor with my feet. And I always look for one thing. His ab wheel. He has an ab roller wheel, old school ab roller wheel. Every time he's been here, he has the ab roller. Right or wrong? You're right. So you travel with that? Every, everywhere I go. And you get your abs in before, wake up, go usually, to bed? Usually right before I go to bed. See, all the great ones from, um, uh, who's the Ohio State running back that was two-time Heisman Trophy? Archie Griffin. Archie Griffin. Okay. I've read his biography. Oh, my God. He was a stud. Is he used to do, and of course, after I read it, I started doing it and thought I was going to die. But to lose weight and get his abs strong and to lose weight, he did all his uh, ab exercises in a car. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I mean, everybody has their different... The great ones have these different rituals that they do when nobody's looking. So that that's that's the moral of that. When I see that wheel, it's it's not here. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, you're, you got a jersey on the wall. You got a picture on the wall. We got Leonard Fournette's. We got Dobbs, Helton, Smith's. You could look all around. You're doing that on your own. 
And what I find now in 2019, the new generation isn't doing a lot on their own if they're not being watched or if mm. it's not being what? Tweeted out, yeah, social films, media out. You know. no, you're not doing that. Right. You know, you're not doing an ab roller every night. I may have give, given a secret away of, of one of the many things you probably do when nobody's looking. Mm. But I think that's a beautiful thing and don't lose that. That's awesome. I mean, the day you don't come down with that wheel, we might have to have a talk and go, you know, reality check right. where you are, what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so sure. those little things, wouldn't you say it's a little, uh, why do you do that wheel? We do ab and core in here. It's got to be more mental. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, every night I got to get my ab wheel in. It's just a it's So a, what do you like do with that? Like, do you do a certain amount of reps? So I or? usually do so I usually do three sets of uh, three sets of 15, and then I usually do uh, 25 push-ups in between. That's why I love this podcast. I, I didn't know what your routine was. Yeah. I knew you brought it down, but I don't know why. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's so you have that edge. Yeah. I, you know, because here you're paying the price. Okay, cool. You know. This is I'm punching the clock. This mm-hmm. is business. I paid Charlie for the week. We're doing this, but this is my, this is my extra. This is one of the many things that I'm doing that makes me CJ Pro size. Yeah, and don't forget that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, to me, you're a savage, and everybody has a savage within them, and it's it's my job to make sure we pull it out in everybody because everybody deserves to be a motherfucker. Yeah, for sure. You know, so go find yours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. CJ, I appreciate it, man. I'm thanks for taking this time. I'm so glad we got to do it. And there's oh, no yeah. flight. Uh, we're going to have a great weekend. You know, we got some good food coming tonight. You know, whether it's at the house or not, somebody's bringing us some stuff. But I don't know if he could eat all that on his strict diet, but we'll see if he can. And then, uh, you know, we're going to get some more sessions in and then go from there. And I love you, man. And, and thanks so much for being loyal to me. And that's not a put on. Oh, man, you already know, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. Always loyal. Every, I don't even have to ask him. Hey, are you coming in? You know, because everybody, you know, and the funny thing, all, all these high school kids that have, have been with you are always going to CJ coming back in. CJ, CJ's the fa- one of the crowd favorites here. Uh, of course, my girls love everybody, but they're always like, Siege, and this is the first year that they're not here. Yeah. You know, I'm in the house alone, and it's a little bit different, you know, of, of uh, the girls and CJ not riding in together, getting Chick-fil-A together or, or whatever it is. And uh, you've kept me company too this week and I appreciate it. And mm-hmm. I love it and good things are going to happen no matter what. Oh yeah, for sure. I appreciate you for always having me. I great. love you. Thank you so love much. Love you, man. Thank you.